Hearts of Faith with Nae Lupondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening, welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayelupondwana. We are together until 8 o'clock and tonight we're asking the question, can African traditions or customs or rites, can those practices coexist with Christianity? When we're speaking of people who claim to be worshipping Yahweh, who is articulated through the scriptures of the Abrahamic faiths, particularly those of the Jewish and Christian scriptures, and in the same vein, claim to be holding on to African traditional customary practices or rites. Can those coexist? Would there be any directives, perhaps from either or both, of these religious communities that would allow its adherents to live one with the other. What exactly does it mean to be a Christian? Does it mean you are not practicing these rites, these customs, these traditions, these African customs and rites and traditions? What does it mean to be a person of African customary religion or African traditional religion does it mean you don't subscribe to christian views and if you do can those coexist hoping you understand what we are talking about and so we're hoping we'll be able to get some clarity because you do find people who are sangomas and yet they go to church quite literally they become pastors and then by night they are sangoma does how does it work how what in your faith permits that coexistence if it does? If it doesn't, why do they do it? But if, if, if it does permit that it should happen like that, why is it that not all Christians do it? Why can't all, why shouldn't all do it if that is something permissive or permissible or in, instructed? That's our question for it tonight. Can these African customs or rites or traditions or all these practices coexist with Christianity as espoused in the text of the Christian Bible? My name is Nayelu Pondwana. This is Facts of Faith. You're listening to SFM. Let's begin. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Let me introduce you to our guests. 
In no particular order, we do have Siwongile Mlangile, the producer and host of Initiating Insight with Siwongile, that advocates for the freedom of the mind, social justice, reconciliation, peace and prosperity for all. And now she's identifying herself as spiritual. Siwongile, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Hello. Can you hear me, Siwongile? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Okay. Well, and also we do have Pastor Solomon Ashams, journalist, Christian activist and director of Mercy, a support platform for those sexually abused within the church. Uh, Pastor Ashams, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, good to be here. Also we do have Bishop Joshua Maponga, a fighter of spiritual colonialism and a cultural activist. Good evening to you, Bishop, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. It's uh, September month. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Let's get down to it. And I do want to say these guests are here for you. And please feel free to engage as much as you would like. You can call us on 0891 or send a text to 41391, 41391. Or perhaps you might prefer to send a WhatsApp voice note. That too is welcome. Keep it to a minute or less than a minute. And you can send that voice note or text to our WhatsApp number 0614. 104-107-06-14-104-107. And this is how you can find us on Twitter and on Facebook at SFM Radio. And for Twitter, the hashtag is hashtag SFM Facts of Faith. Let's begin with Swongila. The last time you and I spoke, Swongila, you were identifying as a Christian. I see now you have evolved like an amoeba to spiritual. What does it mean? Hi, Inaya, and hello to your listeners. Um, it means that I have moved from the place of being brainwashed and programmed to a place of um, limitless. Say that, In other words, the place of, say um, that again? Limitlessness. Or limitlessness. Okay, go on. Yes. In, in other words, um, I have come to know myself, uh, who I am, where I come from, and where I should be going. Okay, and and where are you now? I'm at a place of knowing who I am, where I come from, and where I should be going. I I understand, and I and I and I, and I need you to help me here to arrive at the stage, the state of being where you are right now. You do know okay. where you were where you come from. You do know where you are supposed to be going and I'm hoping you can help us understand where you identify yourself to be now. This transitory state that you are in in terms of your spirituality, where is that? Does it have an identity? Does it have a definition? Does it have a character so that we can be able to follow? Is there a mirage perhaps? What is there a way that you can describe it to us so that those of us who have not yet arrived there can see your light and follow, perhaps? Well, I'll take it from here. Um, having been a Christian, which means born again, that, that, that Christianity I'm talking about, being born again, having accepted Jesus at a very, very tender age. So where you are told that um, your identity basically is Christ. 
all right, all things have passed on, so have passed away, so you now have a new identity, and that is of the follower of Christ. So um, where I am now, so many years later, uh, realized that I did not know who I am as Sibongile other than what I was told I am because of Christ. <laughs> so uh, now I am where I know who I am in the sense that I know where I come from. I acknowledge that I was born by people, meaning that I have ancestors who I acknowledge, where Christianity did not want me to even speak about my ancestors. So now I know who my ancestors are. I know what they are here for. Um, I know what it means to acknowledge them. And I know what it means to be me. Okay. And know that there is God who created me and I have a relationship with God without anyone having to dictate how I should have that relationship with my creator. So where... So Christianity dictated how I should have a relationship with my Creator. Where I am now, there's no dictation at all because spirit is limitless. Okay. Um, We we, we will engage you on that part of the dictation as you're putting it. But where in your scriptures or in Christianity does it say you should, should not even identify yourself with having... Ancestors, not even talking about ancestors, because the the Christian Bible is replete with references to ancestors. Everyone there has ancestors. Where in your scriptures does it say you should not even speak of ancestors? Even that G- Christian Jesus has ancestors. Where in your Christianity does it say you should well, even speak about? I may Jesus? have exaggerated to say not speak. However, not uh, um, acknowledge. In other words, um, I come from a background of Christianity that that actually told me that my ancestors were demons to start with. Where does it say that? So, sh- sh- share with no, us those I'm, texts. I'm saying, I'm saying, I come from a background and a culture of Christianity that told you that um, uh, ancestors were demons. It doesn't state in the Bible that ancestors are demons. However, it does state that those who have passed on have no place um, amongst the living. Somewhere in Ecclesiastes. Okay, would you like to share with us that text in Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes, it's 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 somewhere in Ecclesiastes. It would it would help us to read the text in its in in its in its in its context there. um, (laughs) Go ahead, read for us, Bishop. I know it by heart. The living know that they shall die, the dead know nothing, they no longer have a share on anything happening on the face of the earth. The memory of them is forgotten, and they no longer have anything to do with those that are living. Go home and eat your food with gladness. It is now that you are alive that God still shows favor on you. Drink your wine and dress up in wine and put oil on your head. It is when you are still living that God God shows you favor. All right. So, um... Are you suggesting that you disagree with that text there, Sibongile? Yes. Okay, which part do you disagree with? My apologies there, my car decided to sing for you. That's all right, that's all right, Bishop. (laughs) Go ahead, Sibongile, which part do you disagree with? That um, they, they have no share among the living. Okay, all right. You are of the view that the the 
the, 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 the dead do have a share among the living. Yes, because okay. I believe that in the first place, in my view, uh, Nayo, in the first place, I think we, the, 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 the word dead to begin with it should not exist because people don't die because people are spirit and spirit doesn't die. So I think that word to start with is wrong. Okay. All right. View. All right. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get All to right. those parts. We'll get to those parts. So in your so. view, so you no longer believe in the Bible. I'm, 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 am I correct to assume that? I no longer believe that the Bible is the word of God as I used to believe. Yeah. Yeah. So you no longer believe in the Bible as a directive, as a guide, as a spiritual document that gives you all the information about history, spiritual history. So not you're, all of it. Not oh. all of it. I believe, okay, this is what I believe about the Bible, Nayo. I believe that the Bible is a book of wisdom. Um, I do not believe that it is the word of God, as it were. Okay. All right, all right. Let's yeah. move on. Thank you very much. Appreciate your uh, expressions there, uh, Swongi. Let's go to uh, Pastor Shams. Uh, your take, uh, Pastor Shams. Uh, do you believe that um, people who have uh, identified themselves as Christians, living according to the script, the Christian scriptures, can, in the same breath, be of customary persuasion, and those coexist? Um, yes, to some certain extent, you know, because wherever you have two ideologies, you know, existing in the same community or in a continent like Africa, then there is bound to be maybe conflict, there's going to be similarities, and there's going to be differences. The Greeks, uh, you know, define traditions as, you know, instructions that is passed down. And obviously, even in scriptures, there are traditions that is passed down. You know, Paul wrote a letter to the church in Thessalonica, and he said, So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. That is in Second Thessalonians 2.15. So it all depends on that part of custom or that part of, that, that part of the rites that we perform or that part of tradition. The African tradition, the beauty of the African tradition, you know, I would say is our culture, it's our customs. Uh, and, and that's one of the most beautiful part of the African tradition, which we've seen exhibit itself through uh, our way of life, through our music, through arts, uh, through even the way that we interact, through the way families coexist, through the way communities coexist, and, you know, and live, and, you know, people coexist in communities. Uh, but when you say you are a believer in the Word of God, uh, and you believe that the Word of God is the Alpha and the Omega. You believe in the totality from Genesis to Revelation. Unlike Sivon Gile, obviously. <clears throat> so this is an exemption to her, because she doesn't believe in the totality or the authority of the way that it is. I believe in the authority of the Word of God and the way that it is. So when it comes to, uh, you know... Uh, issues like, you know, uh, our, the role of our ancestors. You know, I think in Africa we do worship, we, we do worship or also acknowledge our ancestors a lot, you know, and, but then as a Christian who is African, you have to now, when you become Christian, our scriptures, it's like we read in Ephesians, what is the role of our ancestors? They're there, we acknowledge them. 
we love them, but they've passed on from here, do they still have a role to play in our lives? You know, and when you search through scriptures, again, in Ephesians, it's very clear that they definitely have no role to play. So when you are, say you are a Christian, and you believe in the authority of the Bible in itself, and you, but then you engage and accept the, you know, the role of ancestors, which is one of, you know, our traditions, or I would say one of our, our beliefs, then you are contradicting what Scripture says. You could do that, obviously, you have the right to do that. But, you know, looking at the Bible and judging from the Word of God, you are contradicting that, and you are going into sin. So whenever our culture, whenever our our tradition, our custom, our rites that we perform, maybe, you know, like circumcision, when you go to the mountain to be circumcised, obviously, nothing to be circumcised. But are you, if you are a Christian, are you going to be lured? Are you going to be asked to perform certain things or do certain things that would contradict what Scripture says, that would contradict, uh, that would pull you into sin? And that's what we have to begin to ask ourselves. Some part of our culture are very neutral, you know. So when you put side by side with, you know, with the Christian belief, I it's you know, All right, uh, hold that thought, hold that thought. Um, um, uh, I want to take a break there, Pastor Shams. When we come back, I want you to clarify and articulate to us and to who are benefit, which parts are actually sinful. Stand by. Facts of Faith on SAFM. We do have for our panel for tonight, Sabungile Mlange, the producer and host of Initiating Insight, and also Pastor Solomon Ashams, a journalist and Christian activist, and also Bishop Joshua Mponga, fighter of spiritual colonialism and cultural activist. They are our guests for tonight, and we're asking the question, can African traditions, African customs, African rights, and practices coexist with Christianity? Can they happen? And if not, why not? If they can't, why can't they? And if they can, the affirmative, how? How how do they exist? Now, you've been listening to Svongilis Bone has transcended and transcended scripture as we have it now. She doesn't believe in the authority and power of the text. She feels she's being restricted and dictated to. And Pastor Shom says she's contradicting the text if she's going to claim to believing in the text and at the same time believing in what the text disputes. So he says, Pastor Shom says, in, with the exception of Swongile, anyone else who believes in the authority of the text needs to abide by it or else that person will be living in sin. So the question I'm asking you, Pastor Shom, is which parts of our culture, our customs, African customs, according to you, are sinful and you have suggested that they, they are generally neutral, but there are those that are causing people to live in sin. Kindly point those out. Uh, there, are, there are quite quite a bit, you know, that I, I could say are sinful again. Just give uh, us like three. For the purpose of, of time, just give us three examples of those parts of our cust- African customary cultural yeah. practices that are sinful. Like uh, ancestral, ancestral, uh, you know, believe in your ancestors, you know, you should consult your ancestors. 
about your life and about your future, like sacrificing a goat or a sheep or an animal uh, to your ancestors uh, for you to appease them or for them to be able to to kind of like give you success, like going to consulting a witch doctor uh, that will require you to do certain rituals, um, you know, to be able to to get ahead or be able to... What if, uh, what if you don't call that person evil? a witch doctor? What if you call that person a prophet? Are you permitted to consult that person now, now that you call them a prophet? A prophet and a witch doctor are, are two different things. I understand, I understand. I mean, what I'm saying is when somebody you comes to you and says, actually, I'm consulting a prophet, would you then say that person is permitted to go and consult that person he, I, or, he or she identifies as a prophet? It all depends on the prophet. Do they believe in scriptures? Do they believe in the authority of scriptures? Okay. That's one thing we have to okay. always okay. ask ourselves. And then we can look at other rituals like going, you know, uh, having the circumcision. Uh, it's okay to go be circumcised at any age, you know, that, that you that you require. I think that's a common ground that we believe that circumcision, you know, should be done. And even for health reasons, we know that. So Christianity and the African tradition is very it is okay for us to do that. But when you go to rites of circumcision and then you have to, you know, do some incantation or do some rituals yeah. that will require you know, to evoke certain spirits, that's totally going against scriptures. Okay. Uh, when you have a traditional marriage uh, also, I mean, African, African traditional marriage is a marriage. You know, I, I think we should not see it as the inferior to white wedding. You know, the Western kind of marriage. We should see it as as a marriage, uh, as long as you know there is a union and and both you know both the husband and the wife, the man and the woman, are being asked to commit. You know, before people all right, to all right. God. But so, when you have to do certain rituals uh, behind okay. the scene. Uh, you know, for you to be here before you get married, where the, maybe the groom has to go to the river and do some reading, <laughs> okay. so then it contradicts scriptures. Got it, got it. Nice examples. Thank you very much, Pastor Shams, who's <laughs> given us a lot to chew on. Uh, Bishop Maponga, uh, your take. My take is rather simple and very rather complex also. But I, 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 hate, I hate being put in this trap where we have to deal with absent people who have caused this mess on the Christian space. My problem is not even the text. My problem is not even African culture. Many of us talk at culture uh, as if we are, we are cultureless, and Christianity does not have a culture of its own. And what we call now a Christian culture, if you look at it very carefully, it becomes a Eurocentric concept of culture. So firstly, I need to categorically state that our biggest problem is actually on interpretation. The interpretation of the biblical text, number one. Two, the selection of the biblical text to say what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, and what becomes dogmatic and what remains a sideline conversation. The biblical text in its own, for example, would, would say to David, since you took Uriah's wife, uh, if you wanted another woman, I would have given you another one. This is God speaking. I would have given you more. Mm. I would have given you more. Now, we have, a, we, have a text, we have a text that is clear as far as that subject is concerned. You walk up to the Christian culture right now, and the issue of polygamy becomes like a, 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 a misnomer. When actually 90% of all our patriarchs in the Old Testament are all polygamous. 
Actually, the list. all of them except for Isaac, who who was blind. There, we there know. you go. Yeah. There you go. Who was who, who could have had his own disability for the fact that his father had to go and look for a wife for him? <laughs> it actually shows some other issues that we cannot discuss. Maybe it's Shimane. That that that's for another that's for another day. But and the father said, "I want to do it again for you, Brad. So stay with that one." <laughs> Yeah. But, 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 but guys, the Bible doesn't... Hold, hold on, Pastor Sean. Hold on, Pastor Sean. Let's let him finish his point. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 issue, the issue we are dealing with, I don't even want us to discuss polygamy. Well, then we get trapped again in the small corner where we are isolating one page. I want us to look at the white male sexist who has called himself the champion of Christianity as he is packaging his doctrine and he moves over into Africa, he does not leave his culture behind as a white man. When he gets to a black man, a black man must change his culture. He must now eat like a European. He must dress up like a European. He must sing like a European. He must marry like a European. He must do business like a, Euro- like, like a European person. And when the European converts into Christianity, he still practices his Halloween he still practices his Easter eggs and rabbits and etc. He still practices his Christmas. He even puts the national anthem of his country into a hymn book, which the African must sing as part of the gospel. Now, I want you to, to look at that picture very correctly and, and, and say the problem here is hermeneutics. And I think as Africans, we have allowed the white male theologian to walk away with so much biblical interpretation to an extent that we undermine the geography of the text, which is African. Hold on, Bishop. Before you you, you go on down that rabbit hole, I need you to help us understand your position first. Are you of the view that Christianity and African customer religion and its rights and practices can coexist? Actually, I don't even want to call it African culture. I want to say Ubuntu is a far much better way of practicing Christianity than Eurocentric Christianity. I'll put that in that sentence. For example, Pastor Shoms has given examples of certain customary rights that contradict what his understanding of the scripture is. They, co- they, they contradict on interpretation, but in terms of biblical text, they are stated. Circumcision is a biblical text. Whether you want to do it for health purposes or you are doing it for cultural purposes, it's another story. But he has, he has clarified his point there, only Bishop. When Jacob Zuma, only when Jacob Zuma came into power, the circumcision becomes fashionable because it reduces age. But did Christians have to wait for Jacob Zuma to say circumcision was healthy when the Bible was clear? Hold on, we hold on, Bishop. We, we crucified circumcision on the basis of European translations and interpretations when the authors have been doing it for the longest of time and we condemned them as demonic. Now Christians hear that it reduces age. Half of them are circumcised now. I need you to, to, to address what Pastor Shams was saying there, Bishop. He was saying... Initiation in and by itself is correct, but the the moment you involve incantations, that is effectively contradictory to what the scripture dictates. Kind of respond to the that. Pastor, the pastors are collecting money, doing things that are not dictated. They are sleeping with the girls, things that are not dictated. So the issue no, of bishop, no, 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 bishop, that not, cannot be isolated only to Christianity. Hold, yes, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, pastor. Only isolate. Yes, sir. No, no. I need you to respond to the point that he was making. Now, to 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 attack his office is 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 that's going to help this conversation. Respond to the point that he was making. His argument is the text does permit 
initiation, for example, it is the involvement of the incantations and uh, summoning other spirits that, that becomes contradictory. Respond to that. Yes, the, the problem is that Christian pastors and bishops, they undermine the Bible instead of them opening their own initiation, initiating schools where they can teach the young boys the word of God and the purity of life and etc. They have left that instruction in the hands of the traditionalist who does what he knows best. Show me pastors in the Christian church who can actually say, because our culture is practicing this, let us therefore open our own initiating schools and do it the Christian way. All right. We so you agree with Pastor Ashams? Baby and the water and throw it away. And then we want to scream foul when, when, the, when the traditionalist does it and introduces ancestors. Where are you to introduce Jesus? Again, so you're agreeing with Pastor Shams that initiation in by itself is correct. It is the manner in which it is done that is uh, objectionable. So you agree with yes, Pastor Shams? I'm talking about Yes, I'm okay. talking about interpretation. Okay. That we, we could all be looking at the text that says collect tithes and offerings, share them with widows. One pastor takes everything and runs away. Circumcised on the eighth day is there. And that rule cannot be obliterated for the purpose that God knows, the health issues, the immune system, and everything else. Yeah. We walk around as Christians, we run away with Paul, who are circumcised himself, by the way, and we say we no longer need to circumcise until a health principle comes. Like Mishonian has been evil. Even traditional medicine has been evil. We thank God for, for Corona. Even pastors, I met a pastor the other day with a bottle of Mishonian in his car. All of a sudden, because of problems, Christians are beginning to say, no, but the head we're given heads in Genesis. But must we wait for problems to start interpreting scriptures correctly? All right. Now, let's let's address a few things that have already been put on the table by Sbongile, for example. She's suggesting that following the text, um, according to her, is being indoctrinated. She is, she was, her wording was brainwashed. Are you brainwashed, Pastor Shams? At all. You see, are you, are, is that for me? No, it's for Pastor Shams. I'll respond to, I'll give an opportunity to respond as well. She made that articulation. I need you to respond to that, Pastor Shams. Yeah. Are you brainwashed? Yeah. Myself, personally, I'm not brainwashed. Whenever I read the scriptures, I read the scriptures faster than African. I, I use my African eye. So obviously, that is informed by my customs, my traditions, the way I was raised, the way society, what I see influence me, you know. So even when I read scriptures, I don't see it as as a as a as a way of of the West or a white man, you know, trying to instruct and give African instructions. I see what fits into me. What would make me a better person? What would make me be a better citizen? What would make me serve a better as a husband, as a as a as a father, and a, and as a worker, whatever I do. Now, what Sibangile mentioned is obvious. It is happening around a lot of churches across the continent of Africa, in Accra, Ghana, Lagos, Nigeria, Nairobi, Kenya, Harare, Zimbabwe, right here in Johannesburg, South Africa, where where the Bible is being used by so-called men of God to brainwash people, manipulate people, abuse people spiritually, financially, and also sexually. So that's a fact. So if, if she was a victim of being brainwashed, it's sad that she was, the gospel was presented to her that way, you know, because that's not the true gospel. So we must always differentiate that. But you miss, even though there are people that are... You missed her point there, Pastor Shams. She's saying she had known this faith from a young age. When she gave her representations, she said she 
She joined the Christian faith from a young age, so she knows what she's talking about, but she believes the Christianity that she was taught from a young age was brainwashing her. Now, according to her, if we're to listen to what she's saying, she's saying the Christianity she has known for all these years, and I dare to even ask how old she is, is is a false Christianity. Is it possible, Pastor Shams, that a person would know Christianity and know it wrongly? Well, I don't know about her Christian experience, you know, or her, her, you know, her, 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 yes, her Christian experience. So it would be really, I wouldn't be able to just, if I don't really know her Christian journey and what experience uh, informed her to come to this um, All right, hold the thought, hold the thought. I'm going to ask Joey to to get you on a clearer line. We keep on getting cut there, Pastor Shams. I'd like to hear what you're saying. Uh, Bishop Mponga, I want to give you the opportunity also to fire back uh, because she has made a very damning articulation that people who read the text, uh, as she was, according to her, she was brainwashed. Now she's no longer being brainwashed, no longer being dictated to. Do your scriptures dictate to you how you're going to commune with your a day to your God, uh, Bishop Mapong. If we, if we must be open and frank uh, and, and be, be truthful to our conversation, yes, brainwashing is part of the education. You want to wash them off away from their Africanism or from their Ubuntu or from their tradition. And you want to rewire their software to make sure that it responds positively to colonialism with this education, with this economics. So whether we like it or not, actually directly, not even indirectly, directly, Christianity works tirelessly to make sure that those that have come to understand Eurocentric Christianity, please understand that word, those that are accepting Eurocentric Christianity must be brainwashed as of their mindset of being African, must be put in shibosh and jik, and it must be made as white as possible so that it looks like the white man. And then the black man becomes easier to work with the white man. So are you therefore saying you are brainwashed? Uh, fortunately enough, I have escaped. I have escaped <laughs> by starting to ask questions. I have escaped by looking the system in the eye and tell them that the Bible does not say that. It's you as a church that says that. She, you as an individual that is saying that. She believes the, the text that you, she's, she believes the Bible you are now talking about is not the word of God. Bongle is a grown up woman. She can talk for herself. I'm not here to convince her otherwise. But if she, if, even we have this conversation prior night, even what you call the Bible right now, it's not a full Bible. So we need another conversation that is full. And you cannot push me on a corner to accept a plagiarized small little version of the entire scripture and say this is the whole word of God. That concept of saying the word of God is the 66 books. That's part of the brainwashing itself. Yeah, because so, you don't even want to ask how do we reach this moment when we can say this is the only word of God and there's nothing outside of it. Okay, That's so, part of the brainwashing. So you, you're also agreeing with her that the, the, the text that you have, the 66 books, are not the word of God? I don't have to be that, that academic truth. That's it. That is nothing to do with what I believe. That's academic truth. I need you to help us understand from where you stand, your faith, uh, Bishop. Do you hold the text, the 66 uh, books that hold, in the Bible to be scripture, the Word of God? The Word of God. But the, the, the King James Version, as adulterated by the Europeans, 
to become the only complete version of the word. I have reservations on that. Okay. So your view is it is not the only text. There's there are other texts. You believe in that being 66, part of the text. The sixty six books the sixty six books are not the only biblical text. I understand. Are not the only scriptures. I understand. I understand. I'm not disputing that with you right now. I need you to just clarify unless this. You, unless you want to brainwash me and <laughs> according to her and there's nothing outside of that. Of course, of course. According to her Then you have become you have become part of the brainwashing the brainwashing regime. Of the propaganda machinery. Yeah, sure. Uh, so according to her, the, the, the 66 that you acknowledge to be part are not even part. She, they are just a, a part of a collection of books of wisdom. Her wording was, this, the Bible is just a book of wisdom. Do you subscribe yes, to that view? Yes, the extract that we have is, is, is proper. But the editorial that have gone into it and the insertions that have gone into it in the hands of the Europeans leave some of the passages questionable. In some certain passages, or the whole chapters have been moved out, some certain passages of scriptures have been mistranslated and misappropriated. And the, 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 the homiletic, you find the Catholic Church has its own Bible, the, the Rima Church has got its own Bible, the Pentecostals are printing their own Bible. Only lies need manifestation. Only lies have manifestation. All right, all right. Um, I'm going to take some voice notes for you. Um, 0891104207, our guests in the studio, Subongilim Langeni, Solomon Ashoms, Joshua Ponga, all these uh, authorities and uh, guests who are going to give us some perspective. We'll take some calls as well. 0891104207, 0891104207. Let's go to the voice notes first. Good evening. Uh, I'm a listener in Port Elizabeth. The first difference between the two is the use of alcohol, which now alcohol plays a very major role in in our african religious rituals which was not the, the, so in the years past and uh, also the fact that you go to a candy in town when you are closer man to speak to the, the the ancestors your father your forefather your your grandfather your uncle who is not alive who is dead whereas in the bible we are not to even speak to the to the dead that is where I think the two differ. Also, the fact that they were not written down. They are easily perverted now. People people will say, we do things this way. We do things this way. Whereas we are one people. Thank you. All right. That listener did not even tell us what his name is. Uh, listener, please share with us where in your text where it says you cannot use alcohol in your rituals uh, to my guest i'm going to ask you to write these points down and then you're going to respond to them so i'm going to begin with you to respond to all this. I'm going to just play four for now and then go to calls and some texts you listen to that t- that voice note jot down your responses and i'll give you opportunity to respond the next one please evening i and your guests this mellow from durban i personally think that when it comes to ancestors it's not a matter of belief as the pastor has recently said it's not a matter of of belief actually because whether whether i choose to believe in them or whether i choose to believe that they are there or not does not change that they are there but at the same time it's not me believing in them but it's a but I'm acknowledging that they are there. I'm not sure I understood what that person is saying. Just play that again for me. 
Evening, I have <clears throat> guests. There's Mello from Durban. I personally think that when it comes to ancestors, it's not a matter of belief, as the pastor has recently said. It's not a matter of, of belief, actually, because whether whether I choose to believe in them or whether I choose to believe that they are there or not does not change that they are there. But at the same time, it's not me believing in them, but it's a but I'm acknowledging that they are there. Okay. Um, Melo, help me understand. When you're saying they are there, are you saying they are alive and they have a portion in this life as was quoted by Usubongile, or they are not alive and have no portion in this life as the text that was quoted and supported by the bishop? So please, uh, Melo, help us understand what, what you mean when you say they are there. Because in the text, as Swungle did say, they do exist. You'll find that even Jesus had in Matthew 1 ancestors. That is not in dispute. I'm not sure if you agree with uh, that part. And now, what do you mean when you say they are there? Are you saying they are alive? They have activities? They have part in this life? Kindly explain that, Melo. Uh, to the third one, please. This is Martin from Kobani. I'm so disappointed about your panelists who's nowadays calling at our traditional healers witch doctors. Please, my Lord, this is not fair. Thank you. Okay, that's direct. Thank you very much, sir. Good evening, Naya and the guest and to all SAFM listeners. This is Solomon from Port St. John's. I think the problem with the African tradition is when people start to mix those traditions with Sangomas and the other spirits, then it becomes a problem. For example, in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19 to 20, it speaks very clear about that we should not inquire that people are not uh, are no longer living for advice or for guidance. So the problem with this is that people, they mix these things. It's good to be an African and do the traditions that don't involve Sangomas or those uh, which which doctors who tell you about your future. Thank you. All right, Swangile, I want to begin with you. You've heard all four voice notes. Your response? Yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, can I respond this way, Naye? Um. You see, I think my first tension is having to even use the word Christianity. So, hello? Yes, I'm here. I'm listening, ma'am. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, carefully. Because the word Christianity is a, is a noun for a movement which of Christians. Uh, that means uh, these are the followers or disciples of Christ as they were called for the first time, uh, Bible states in, in the book of Acts. Um, so there is no Christianity without Christ. So when we speak of Christianity, I don't think we can talk about African Christianity and things like that. Perhaps we should call it religion. 
or spirituality. Um, that's my first tension. The, 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 the way we use words that perhaps throw us off, because I believe that words ha- uh, influence culture. So, um, and the second thing, I think this is where, again, we, we go on to lose uh, interpretation, like uh, uh, Joshua had, uh, had said um, earlier. Um, and so, and, and so, so that's, that, that's my first tension. So to have to say Christianity and African traditions and beliefs can mix then or can, can coexist, uh, my answer to that would be absolute no. Uh, because it's like mixing uh, water and oil, and the substance that comes out of that is schizophrenia. So, because Christ comes to say to you that once you receive him to form Christianity, once you receive Christ, then everything else you know. Christ gives you a new identity. Christ gives you his own identity. That in the way that you live your life should be Christ-like, in the way that you do this and this and that. And you should do this by faith. So you, you, must, you must not question anything. You must do this by faith. When I know that me, now my ancestors live, and I have proof of that, and I can trace them. You know, so this is where my attention is, Nayanj, in, 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 in all of this okay. subject. All right. Yeah. I'm going to take a break and come back and give uh, Pastor Shams opportunity to respond also. And then after the bishop, after we've done that, I'm going to ask the final question. And in that final question, I'm going to ask you to uh, to be as brief as you can and give your parting shots. It's 10 minutes before 8. Facts of Faith on SAFM. Pastor Shams, welcome back. Thank you. Please go ahead with your response. Briefly, please. Yeah, I think first thing for me is we we must be careful when we said you know Christianity bring or the Bible bring worships people. I think we it has to be the people who use Christianity to brainwash people. So that is totally two different things. When I read scriptures, actually when I read scriptures, it actually solidified my image, my identity as an African, my identity. As, a, as an Israeli boy, where I come from, my identity as a Nigerian, I see that coming in more and more. Instead of scriptures taking it away and westernizing me and making me be like somebody else, no, but it actually encourages and solidifies who I am in scripture. You know, and then when we, I think the conversation a little bit went outside of, you know, looking at Christianity versus rights, customs, you know, we, 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 we went a bit backward and tried to question the legitimacy of scriptures and, and itself, which ourselves is a bit an, an offshoot. But we must just concentrate on saying, if, if I'm a believer, I'm a total believer in scriptures, the authority of scriptures, and I believe as an, also as an African, like we mentioned polygamy earlier on, you know, when we have an issue like polygamy, very African tradition, we have to ask ourselves, why was polygamy actually initiated in the first place? Was it because there was a problem and we tried to solve a problem with that? Because there are different schools of thought. So we have to go to the history of why polygamy was encouraged in the African tradition. You know, that way we would be able to understand more and we, could, we, we would right. be able to do Allow me to better. move on to, to, to the bishop. Uh, I, I need him to respond as well before I give you my final question, each of you. Bishop, please briefly, go ahead. 
Bishop? Is the bishop there? I want, I want, I want to pick up one passage in, in Numbers when it comes to alcohol use where the Lord actually instructs that you must bring me also a, a portion of uh, fermented wine as part of the offerings. And I wonder if pastors are collecting tithes, why are they not bringing alcohol also? Uh, the Bible instructs and is part of the tithes and offerings. Yeah. We had, we had undertaken, Bishop, that we would uh, do a conversation on that passage when you introduced it the other time. <laughs> we will still. <laughs> I, I, I thought you would bring it. <laughs> it's, amazing. It's, ama- it's amazing that these things are sitting together on the same passage. Yeah. And we run there, we take the money. Yeah. And we leave the other one. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, I, I just, just respond. Uh, I'm going to ask. hear Solomon's response on that one. No, 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 not now, not now, Bishop. I, I really am running out of time. I'm going to ask you each one question about what has happened right now. Uh, Bishop, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end with you, if you permit me. I'm going to begin with Swangila again. Swangila, um, you said uh, Christianity dictates to you how you're going to worship um, your, your God. Is there a faith that doesn't dictate to you how you're going to worship? Please say that again, the last part. Is there a faith that does not dictate to you how you are going to worship your God. Spirituality does not dictate to you how you worship your God. And that's where I am. You see, th- there is no such thing as spirituality, ma'am, as, as a way of life. You can, you can be spiritual in any sense. There- I, believe, I, I believe that there's a creator who we call God, Where did you get that from? That's the, that's, 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 he's the creator. Where did you get that, that from, is, ma'am? That which you believe mm-hmm. now, where did you get it from? I, I, I was introduced to him by my ancestors. All right, so somebody dictated yeah. that to you. Your ancestors yes. dictated that to you. So it is not true to say no, that they, you were not... They, dict- they did not, they did not dictate. But you just said that right they now, ma'am. Dictate. They told me, they passed on information and knowledge. Okay. Whom I have to experience myself. Okay. Yes. And they did not tell me, okay, this is how you worship him or this is how you do this. This is how you do it. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. okay. So they just gave me guidelines. This is your creator. There's the universe. There's the nature. And see how you navigate. All right. All right. Thank you very yeah. much, ma'am. Um, uh, Pastor uh-huh. Shams, um, is there such a thing as African Christianity? Swangile is raising a point that uh, Christianity is based on the Hebrew Jewish boy, Yeshua. And that is Hebrew and of Middle Eastern origin, not Africa as we have it today. You may call it North Africa then in the old uh, maps, but that's still a Hebrew culture. How would you call it African Christianity? Respond. I don't think there is African Christianity or Jewish Christianity or any sort of Christianity. I believe Christianity is one, and we have to embrace Christianity as one. Okay. Uh, the beauty of Christianity is it brings different diversity of traditions, of cultures, of whatever, and try to refine them and make them better so we can function as humanity in a better way. Matthew 15, 2 to 6 says, why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. So when we look at, you know, Christianity from an African, from the African eye, we must ask ourselves about our tradition. 
Why do we wash hands? Why don't we wash hands? We have to go down history and then say what is best for us. That, that way we can be that, able that was, to that was Hebrew culture, the so. African tradition and culture and be better. All right. Uh, uh, Bishop, you get the final word here. I'd like to hear from you. African Christianity, does that exist? Actually, I'll make it more complicated. We have Hebrew Christianity of the Messianic Jews. We have Ethiopian Christianity, which is Orthodox. We have Roman Christianity, which is the mother of all Christianity. We have Anglican Christianity, that is British and Reformist. We have Reformation Christianity, which is Protestantism. We have Evangelical Christianity, and we also have Pentecostal Christianity. And now we have African, try African trying to make sense of the six that I've mentioned above. I thought we already identified African Bishop? independent Christianity. So Bishop? actually, uh, yes, sir. I thought you'd already identified all these permutations as brainwashing. It should be found in its purest sense. Now you seem to be adding your own brainwashing, the African permutation. When you talk to me, you're talking to a scholar, you're talking to a philosopher, and etc. And then ask a question, I choose how to answer you. I'm trying to give you context to your question. So that in the midst of you asking me, is there anything called African Christianity? I can simply negate and say, there's nothing called African Christianity in the sense that Europeans are trying to interpret Africans using European eyes. But I'm trying to give you context to that conversation. That but you're missing the context that was raised already there, now. Bishop. There was a context that was already raised by Swongil. It didn't come from a vacuum there, sir. It came from Swongil suggesting that if we're talking about Christianity, this is something that was originated in Antioch through people who are identifying those people according to Christ. That was the context. And you can respond to the context. I'm giving you the bigger picture, Mr. Pondon. No, sir. I need you to respond to Swongil's point. If you're saying there's nothing called African Christianity, you're saying there's nothing called African. There's no way you can give people you can meet people with a culture and expect them not to interpret their own reality, whether it is economic interpretation, political interpretation, or religious interpretation, right. or fashion interpretation, or academic interpretation. So human beings interpret culture. All right, maybe we will have to con- we will have to continue this conversation. I don't know if it is going to be possible to continue this conversation. Um, we have left oh so much untouched. We've seen so much of your of opinions on Facebook, on Twitter, on WhatsApp, and some voice notes still coming through. Um, I don't know. Maybe Joe is going to make time. I don't know. But for now, I'm going to end it right there. Subonglem langeni, Solomon Ashams, Joshua Ponga, all of three of you. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful evening and Godspeed.